Hello, this is The Playground. My name is Julia, and today we have a guest. Hi, my name is Lauren. Um, I am a friend of Julia's. I go to school. I'm a college student at Concordia College, which is like a super small school in northern Minnesota. Um, I'm a political science major and environmental policy major and I'm in my third year so I'm almost done. <laughs> Amazing I am so glad you are here on this podcast thank you so much for taking the time. Of course my pleasure so excited to be here. So what song have you chosen for today? Um, so today I chose the song, it's called When, and it's by Dodie. Um, Dodie is like my all-time favorite artist, so when you asked me to come on here, I knew I had to do a song from her, and this song to me is really just about like the pain of growing up and becoming an adult and finding your identity and trying to figure out who you are in this world, um, so yes. You can go ahead and play the song and everyone can listen and then we'll dive into more of what it means to me after. Awesome. I'm so excited. All right. I'm just looking it up on Spotify right now and it is taking a whole year to load. <laughs> so we will wait. <laughs> I've never been in love Everyone falls for the sunshine disguise Distracted by who they're thinking of I'd rather date an idea Something I'll never find Sure I'll live in the moment But I'm never happy here I'm surrounded by greener-looking time Am I the only one wishing life away? Never caught up in the moment Busy begging the boss to stay Memories painted with much brighter They tell me I loved, teach me how to what I can get Cause I'm too damp for a spark Kissing sickly sweet guys Cause they say they're like my eyes But I'd only ever see them in the dark I'm sick of faking diary entries Gotta get it in my head I'll never be 16 again I'm waiting to still be asking when Am I the only one wishing life away Never caught up in the moment Busy begging the past to stay Memories painted with much brighter They tell me I loved Teach me how to think 
I'm sick of faking diary entries Gotta get it in my head I'll never be 16 again I'm waiting to live Still waiting to love Oh, it'll be over And I'll still be asking when Oh, it'll be over And I'll still be asking when Okay, so that was the song. And I just want to interject really fast and say that, so Lauren and I have been friends for such a long time. And I have this memory of Lauren and I in my car and we were listening to Dodie's new album. And it's really funny because um, Lauren and I were so close and yet we don't really have many intersections with our music tastes and so I remember this memory that we were in my car and Lauren was just showing me some of the music that she listens to and we were listening to Dodie's new album and I was so taken with how much emotion Dodie's music is able to like is able to evoke in someone and I think she does this with like the intensity of her voice but also but also with her lyrics and something about the instrumentation to me is very impactful like it really sets the mood and tone for the song yeah no for sure I think my favorite thing about Dodie is definitely um just how like quiet her voice is but also it's like so impactful and it's just so you can really tell all of her emotion is put into every word that she sings even though it sounds like she's also kind of mumbling it in a weird way and she also has a really great appreciation for musical instruments so all of her pieces have a lot of instrumental work in it and it's just so beautiful and I love beautiful music and <laughs> her music is so beautiful so it's perfect and it's also very meaningful too. I agree. Um, so where would you like to start off with this analysis or story? Yeah so I think that this song when I first heard it um let's, so this album was released like last year early last year and I remember just listening to it as soon as it came out like I was so excited and this was definitely the first song in the album that really struck me um and I was just kind of like wow I definitely relate to that and I think a lot of people also relate to it because it's a very relatable song especially if you are um, a teenager or a young adult um, trying to navigate your world um, in a way that you've never done before and I think like growing up I don't really remember in my childhood having many like negative experiences or 
emotions even um and it's easy even when you're like 16 or 17 thinking back to when you were nine and being like wow I wish I was young and kind of oblivious to the world and um to how everything was going to change and I feel like in a in when you're nine you're not really thinking oh I wish I was six again or I wish I was four you're kind of just like oh I'm excited to like go to high school or something but you're not really longing for that in the way that I feel you do when you grow up and I feel like ever since like especially coming transitioning to college from high school um, there are times where you're like really wishing that you could be 16 again or you're wishing that you could be in high school again and have more of that easy time so um yeah I think that's just my main takeaways from the song but there are specific lyrics that I would like to bring up and discuss um so the first one these are kind of out of order from how they appear in the song sorry if that is no, <laughs> that that's fine. <laughs> okay <laughs> um so the first lyric that I'm going to talk about is the where she says, I'd rather date an idea, something I'll never find. Um, I think this can, at first, when I heard this, I was like, well, yeah, because I feel like um, a lot of people, like in the literal sense of dating, you a lot of people would rather date like their dream materialistic person than um like the reality of someone that you know or talking to or something like that but in a broader sense of this um I think this just talks directly about expectations that like we put on our lives at a very young age um I remember being in like even elementary school or middle school thinking about talking about my future with our my friends and you know, me and you did this honey in high school, <laughs> dreaming about who we're going to get married to or what we're going to do after college and all this stuff. And um, the line, I'd rather date an idea, something I'll never find. I feel like this is kind of just um, like you would rather live out your life as the idea that you have pictured in your mind. But in reality, that's not really something that you're ever going to achieve or get to. And I feel like I've been learning this as, um, like, I would have never expected when I was in high school to be where I am today. Um, and that's only three years different. And I think my high school me would have really pictured a different life for me. And not that I'm living, like, a horrible life now or anything. But it's like the good and the bad that you don't expect. And that wasn't in that initial idea of what I would like to, quote unquote, as she says, like date, but just live out, I believe, is like how what I read that as. Wow. Um, yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes, of course. I wonder, do you think your high school self would be proud of where you are now? Okay. I also wonder if you could talk a little bit more about your high school expectations and what you thought mm -hmm. you wanted for yourself first now, and also what expectations and dreams you have for your future 
speaking as a third year yeah. in college? Okay, to answer that question, I feel like when I was 16 or in high school, I'm just using 16 because that's the age that's given in the song. Um, but when I was in high school, I definitely pictured, you know, going to college. I came into college with an education degree and I was thinking, you know, I did not see COVID coming. I graduated in 2019. So that's a one huge thing that I did not expect for my life to be like. Um, and that in itself is something that I think everyone in our generation is grappling with the reality that we're not going to be able to live out our college experience to the, like what we had always dreamed of it being. And that's something that's really hard to grapple with even now. And um, going into college, I came in as an uh, elementary education major. I pictured myself, you know, leaving and living in like Canada or something after college, which I'm not saying will happen, uh, won't happen. But my trajectory for life was definitely on a different path. And obviously I was like, oh, I'm going to meet the love of my life freshman year, <laughs> which um, did not happen. Well, not that I know, maybe someone will come back. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, I still have not found that person. Um, and I think my high school self definitely had these expectations that were set out for myself and an idea of my life that like, I'll never find and I didn't find or haven't yet, but I don't think you can really predict what's gonna happen in your life. And I think that's just like the big message of that line is you'll never find your idea, your ideal person right now in the future because what's gonna happen in the future is something you can't even like perceive happening. Like you don't know what curveball life is going to throw at you or how your perception of the world will change or even what you'll want in the future like I don't want those same things that I wanted in high school now and I just think that is something that everyone goes through at some point in their life and goes through multiple times of having expectations for something and then not um, being fulfilled or not meeting the expectations um, either in a particular situation or just in your life plan in general. I completely agree. What do yeah. you want now? Yeah, this, this is like an interesting question because when we're talking about how it's not great to have these expectations and yet I want to know yeah. <laughs> what you want for the future is an interesting dichotomy because there's this quote where it's like a sailboat with no destination is just gonna go in circles. So I feel like there's this weird balance that you kind of have to strike of trying to aim for something but not really having an expectation as to yeah. what that end goal will be. Yeah, I think it's okay to have expectations as long as you're willing for those to change and 
you know, you won't be like devastated if this won't happen. And also if you have expectations for things that you can't control, like your job, whereas like your love life, you can't really control your friends. You can't really control that much. Um, like those things that are kind of outside of your control are um, a different story. But as for what I can control, um, I would say my goal right now, I mean, I switched my major to political science and environmental policy. I would really love to, after college, do some kind of work, maybe with like nonprofit or something along those lines. But with this major, honestly, it's so much different than elementary education where there are so many different pathways and I'm fully expecting to, you know, do multiple different things in my life and not just work towards one goal or work at one job forever. Um, but who knows, maybe the first job I get out of college, I will just absolutely love and be stuck with. So <laughs> I feel like this is, there's, I don't know really what my end goal is, but that's what it is right now. Yeah, I'm so excited for you and what your future holds. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'll get into the next line that really impacted me in the song or lines, I should say. Um, she says, I'm sick of faking diary entries. Gotta get it in my head. I'll never be 16 again. I'm waiting to live, still waiting to love. Oh, it'll be over and I'll still be asking when. Um, I feel like this section of the song um, summarizes really well the internal struggle of wishing for the past to come back while also waiting for the future and being anxious for the future, not anxious, but um, excited for the future to come up. Um, because you got to get it in your head that you're never going to be a teenager again. You're never going to have those years of like youthfulness. I mean, I'm only 20, so I can't even talk, but <laughs> um, I'm sure this feeling only, well, I don't know if this feeling intensifies when you get older or if you become at peace with it, but um, she says she'll never be 16 again. Like you got to get that in your head. And then um, how she's still waiting to live and waiting to love. Oh, it'll be over and I'll still be asking when. Like, I think here she's saying, you're in the present moment and you are like the age that you're at and soon you'll look back and be like, oh, I wish I was 20 again. Like when I'm 27, I'll probably be looking back saying, oh, I wish I was 20 again the same way I'm wishing that I was, or sometimes I wish that I was in high school again or back in those simpler times. Whenever I get older, I know I'll look back now and be like, oh, I wish I was um, in those simpler times, even though right now it feels like these are the hard times, you know? It's kind of like that saying from like the office that's kind of cringy, <laughs> but where they say like, um, you don't know the good days are over until, oh wait, you don't know you're in the good days until you're over them or something like that. You know the phrase. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the person 
I know when I was 16, I could not wait until I was 20 or 21 or in just in college in general, you know? And I couldn't wait to see the person who I would become. And now I can't wait to see the person I'll become when I'm 27. But at the same time, you fear for that age. You know, it's like the weird in-between of fearing getting old while also being excited for getting old and longing for your youth while also being excited to be where you are right now. And I think it just really sums up the feeling of that internal struggle that I'm sure only gets worse with age. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think you brought up so many really cool, interesting points. And I think the first thing that I want to touch on is the idea of always either longing for the past or yearning for the future. And there's this quote in Sisyphus Good Days where she goes, half of us chasing fountains of youth and it's in the present. So to me, it's like we're never fully satisfied with what we have right now because it was either better in the past or there's a possibility it could be better in the future. But I think what's really cool and what I've learned to kind of accept is that if you're in the present and you're not satisfied, with it do something right now to make it better and I think that's part of the challenge of life is to try and figure out constantly how to get to a level of satisfaction with where you are right now and what you have right now and another thing that you touched on that I found really interesting was the idea of being so curious about the future and who you're going to be when you're older. I don't want to say old, but when you've gained some more years. And this has been a topic of interest for me because I think women experience a lot of ageism. And it's interesting and fascinating to me because men, well, I'm not saying ageism doesn't exist with men, I think women are definitely targeted more based off of their age and they're perceived so much differently based off of how old they are. And it was, we were, I was actually having this really interesting discussion in class where we were talking about a woman's body and how a woman's body is perceived differently if she were 20 or if she were 50, if she didn't have a baby yet or if she has given birth. And I think this is a huge topic that could span on for hours. And there are so many different roads we could journey through. But I guess I just wanted to bring up that idea of ageism because when I think of growing older, personally, I think that my peak will probably be around like 50 <laughs> and <laughs> and I say that because I've been hearing other women talk about how they they feel they feel old at the age of 30 and it's almost like 30 is the age where 
they have already been married. They already have had a few kids. They're already thriving in whatever field they are, they want to pursue. And when we look at men, we just don't have that same perspective on them, that same take. But I just wanted to bring that up. No, I definitely agree with that. And I do think that aging is different. Oh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I, I do think that aging is like perceived differently by who you are in the world, whether you are a man or a woman and everything. And I kind of think that that is definitely like society's role on in acting. Like I kind of wonder um, without society how I would think about growing it how I would think about aging and if it would still be as like fearful or if it would be more exciting more of the exciting side of the story but yeah I do think that is something very interesting to think about and that actually kind of leads into the next lyric I wanted to talk about um she says it's kind of towards the beginning and she says they tell me they uh, Okay, that did not go well. <laughs> they tell me I loved, teach me how to think. Um, and that's the line that I really thought stood out to me because I feel like most of her song is kind of how you perceive your own aging and how um, that is happening internally. But this, she brings up a they um, in this line, and I think that is kind of society. They tell me I love to teach me how to think. Um, like they, society is like, oh, you are whatever, 22, 23, 24, whatever age. Um, like society has told you that you've already experienced love in your life. You've already done all these things. Um, and they teach you how to think like, oh, this is where I should be here. This is where I should be when I'm this age, this age. Um, and they, it's kind of society telling people how they're supposed to grow up. And I think our generation is like leaning away from this concept more so. Um, but there's still that idea that you should be married by 25, 26 having a kid before you're 30, having another one like 31-ish, you know, like that kind of timeline. And you're kind of supposed to have like getting started on your career right out of college somehow. Like, I just don't believe that happens to people. <laughs> um, but when you don't accomplish those benchmarks that are set by society or set by the people around you or your friends and family members, um, it definitely makes you feel like you are losing, missing out on life or you're wishing that you could be younger so that you could go back and accomplish these things by the time you're that certain age. And I feel like I've definitely felt this um, in many ways. Like I went to college and then I switched my major more than halfway well no less than halfway through which is good <laughs> um but I still 
feel like even I've never been in like a serious romantic relationship or anything like that and from society standards that I'm like I'm 20 like I should have already had like a long-term relationship at least for like a month because <laughs> um, at our age that is like considered long-term enough um but everyone is on their own timelines in life and you really shouldn't be scared to grow up just because you're growing up in a different way than what is like perceived as normal to people um yeah because I feel like the main fear of growing up is kind of am I going to be able to meet this goal or this goal or this goal that everyone else I see is meeting or that everyone else expects me to meet and really that shouldn't be like your main concern about the future I don't think I don't I try not to make that my main concern because in reality whatever is going to happen is going to happen eventually and it doesn't like we're only 20 we still have a lot of time in our lives and even if you're not 20 even if you're 30 listening to this or older you still have time to accomplish things and to live life um regardless of society's standards for it wow I just I was gonna thank you for this at the end of the episode but I'm just so in awe like I just want to wholeheartedly thank you for being so vulnerable on the potty I know it's <laughs> I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable on the podcast because I as even the host of this podcast there are some areas that I feel like I'm not ready to express just yet and I feel like you're coming on first time as a guest and you're being so gracious with us and I truly am in such awe and I am so proud of you for being so courageous and coming here and talking about these really important topics that a lot of people aren't even brave enough to confront even for themselves. And I think one of the reasons why I felt so compelled to say this right now in this moment in the podcast, in the potty, is because when you talk about how you're not following social norms, you can worry that you might be ostracized or looked down upon. And that is something I've been dealing a lot with because I have realized that a lot of my life hasn't followed the social norms either. And one of the things that I thought about when talking about not going with social norms was my mental health. And I feel like, I just wanna say I am no professional, I am not a therapist, but through personal experience, I have found myself not wanting to partake in social norms because I don't find them healthy for me. I don't find that 
my mental health is compatible with those social norms. And a, a specific example, which I have commented on previous times in the past is the use of social media. And I think that TikTok is so prevalent and is so integrated in everyone's lives, even mine at this point, which is funny because I have not wanted to use TikTok, but I literally only downloaded it for the podcast. I mean, that- Do you watch videos? <laughs> no, I, I don't oh, watch okay. videos. Okay. But all this to say is that I think that whenever I do mention that I don't use TikTok or sometimes something as like not watching someone's story, it can be taken in a way that doesn't align with my intention because it's not the social norm to do those things. And I think I just wanna end by saying again, like, thank you so much for feeling, for being so vulnerable with us because it's inspiring me to do better on this podcast. Yes. I muted myself there for the train action going on. <laughs> You're um, awesome. the very busy time for the railroads. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. No, dude, there have been cars driving in the back, and I'm like scared that the mic has picked it up. I have it. Okay, I think it's done. Yeah, of course, no problem. I think it's really important, and I think almost everyone I know is also in one way or another struggling with the idea of growing up and breaking out of the shell of what they are expected to do or what they have expected themselves to do and it's something like really hard and everyone struggles with it I think especially if you are between the ages of like 15 and Da da da, because I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not older than 20, but at least 20. Um, and yeah, I think it's really great to talk about and to that everyone can relate to this song for that reason, kind of in a way. Um, but, anyways, I will move on to another part in the song. Um, so in one place she says, sure, I'll live in the moment, but I'm never, this is a real hard hitter, everyone, get ready. <laughs> um, sure, I'll live in the moment, but I'm never happy here. I'm surrounded by greener looking time. And then later she says, never caught up in the moment, busy begging the past to stay, memories painted with much brighter ink. Um... Both of these things kind of have the same meaning to me. So I thought I would just clump them together because I love the wording of both of them so much. Um, so I think something that I think of here is kind of, well, first I believe what she's saying in these lines is just that it's hard to be present in the moment that you are in without wishing for the past or wishing for the future, as we have said. 
and how you always kind of think of the past, especially with, you're like, wow, I'm so, I was so much happier back then than I am now. I wish I was in that place. When in reality, you were probably not as happy as you thought you were, or at least that's how I think. Um, you know, she says, I'm never happy here in the moment that she's in um, and that she's surrounded by greener looking time, which I think is just kind of saying like, oh, the grass was greener on the other side of time or the, it was like better a few years ago, so on, so on. And then she says, busy begging the past to stay, memories painted with much brighter ink. Like the memories that you have, maybe they were actually like dull in the moment, but just because they're memories, I think that at least for me, I tend to forget the bad things <laughs> a lot. And I just think about like all the good times that I had, like I can't even think of trips that we've been on that we got into like fights, but I genuinely think about the good times over the like fight that we would have or something like that. Um, I think that's just a little example of this, but even just thinking back to high school and how there are many times where I look back and think, oh, it was so much easier when I wasn't having to, you know, look for internships and I was not cooking for myself or <laughs> paying bills and I was living with my parents and my brother and, you know, my biggest problem was really just like some stupid drama or something along those lines. But then I think about it and I'm like, no, there is still, you know, the stress over college and the stress over grades and like the coursework was so much worse than I've experienced in college. <laughs> Honestly, I was doing so much extra things that I don't do now and I'm still exhausted. So I'm not sure how that worked out. But I think it's easy to forget all those times and to think of the future. And even being in college, there have, I've lived in a few different, I kind of based my college experience based off of where I've lived. So I started off in the dorms and then for COVID, I was living with my grandma. And then my second year, I got a huge house with like a, seven of my friends. And now I'm just living with one of those friends um, in an apartment. And when I was living in the house, I couldn't wait to get out of the house and into the apartment. Or I was wishing that we were back in the dorms because life was so much simpler in the dorms. And now I was, I'm wishing that I was in the house with all my friends again. And I can't wait to live in a house next year with a few other friends. And it's, I was talking about this with my roommate, um, like yesterday actually, and we were both reminiscing of the past, but then we realized that we are gonna miss this time and we're gonna miss just living the two of us in this like cute little apartment and that this is like an era that we need to, you know, take full advantage of and soak in while we can because in like three months we'll be moving out and we'll be living in a new house not it's not new but it's new to us <laughs> um with different roommates and our lives are just going to change like exponentially so 
And I feel like up until being in college, my life hadn't really changed. I've lived in like two houses relatively close to each other my whole life. I've gone to the schools in order of the, the chain, whatever, feeder schools, that's what they're called. <laughs> um, and I kind of just followed the path that was just laid out for me. Whereas now there's every year is like a drastic change to my living situation, my friend dynamics, my family dynamics even. And it's easy to think, oh, I wish, I'm wishing for that blissfulness in freshman year. But then I remember the negatives of freshman year and COVID and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just think that it's easy to not get caught up in the moment as Dodie says and not be happy in the moment because you're constantly thinking about a different time whether that be the past or the future um and then while this is all happening you're just worrying about how you're missing out in the present moment um and I think that's something that I think of a lot yeah Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like that was a monologue. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. I feel like every line that you've analyzed, I feel no need to ask any further questions because you've been so open and honest about your experience with that and how you've interpreted it. And thanks so much. I really feel so honored to have you on as a guest it's been so just easy and I love it. it makes my job easier and I love just listening to you okay um so this is there's no segue but <laughs> I go to the next line on that I wanted to dissect um which honestly I don't really know what my inter this is kind of a loose interpretation and don't wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay <laughs> wait actually okay. I do have a question on your yes. last one so you were mentioning how important it is to be in the present and to be appreciative and I was just wondering if you have any like tips to stay in the present and if you, okay, that is it. Yeah, <laughs> if you have any tips of just staying in the present. Yeah, so I think something I've been trying to do recently, which I'm still really bad at this, like I'm not trying to say or act like I'm an expert because this is something I have to constantly like remind myself and I'll be in like weeks of not remembering to do these things and then I'll remember to do it for like two days. So it's really not foolproof. <laughs> Um, but something like I try to be include like mindfulness into my day and um, the first thing that I realized this is seems so silly to think about but the first thing that I started being mindful about is like while I'm eating because a bad habit of mine is I'll just like scarf down all my food which I know is like bad for you or something I don't isn't that bad for you I, I'm not not even <laughs> bad um, I don't know but I'll like 
scarf down my food so fast like I won't even talk in between bites or like breathe <laughs> sometimes and I'll, I'll do the kind of thing where I'll eat like all of one thing and then all of like the next thing and then I'll like drink water at the end like I don't even like intermittently drink water sometimes which is interesting you say that because when Lauren and I hang out we like snack constantly yeah so it's just, like nonstop. I never so, noticed yeah. the scarfing though <laughs> yeah and the funny thing is too is that Lauren and I have spent so much time together where we have definitely eaten meals and I have never noticed the scarf well I feel like it's different like when I'm in conversation it's more when I'm eating alone or like eating with like my roommate who I see like every day so we we don't like converse while we're eating really you know I feel like that's kind of the difference but like obviously when I'm with you or like spending time with someone we're usually eating a meal to like bond (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah but this is more so when you're like alone eating breakfast or even just like having like I like to have I'm on a chai kick right now um when I'm having like chai in the morning or anything like that um this is what I try to do is really just focus on what I'm eating and actually like focus on like how I'm chewing it sounds really gross sorry if you get grossed out by food things like skip forward 15 seconds (laughs) but um like I like to focus on like how I'm chewing the food and like actually swallowing it and not like almost choking on every bite (laughs) and then like taking a sip of water in between, taking some breaths in between bites, um, making sure I actually finish a bite before I take the next one, focusing on like the flavors and like the work that I put into like making, cause I also hate cooking food for myself. I think it's such a chore and like actually appreciating it and appreciating the time putting into it. And that's like such a small thing, but I feel like that's a really, cause when people say just be more mindful like that is really stressful because it's like how can I be mindful of every part of my life like sometimes it's nice not to be mindful and just to kind of tune out <laughs> you know um but I think eating and like doing meal times is a really easy way to start doing that and like integrating it into more your daily life also just I'm the kind of person that I walk in and I turn my Google Home on. Music is like going constantly. Podcast is in my ear from the morning I wake up to go to bed, basically. Um, I'm constantly watching TV, like consuming so much media I can't even remember. And sometimes I just like to drive to school. Like my drive is like five minutes. But sometimes I just will drive to school like in complete silence and just think about like the things I'm seeing. And sometimes I'll see like a building I haven't even seen even though I drive the same route every single day like little things like that I think can help you just learn how to integrate like little mindful moments like those are moments of mindfulness which even though it's not like full-on meditation or something like that I think that's just a really easy way to start integrating that in your life Wow. I really like those examples you gave because I am also working on mindfulness. And I think that the eating and being mindful is such a great example because 
it's such a sensory experience. You're tasting something, mm-hmm. you're smelling something, you're like touching your food possibly. And it kind of reminds me of like a little ratatouille moment. And mm-hmm. I definitely have a habit of whenever I eat, I am watching something, I am having sensory overload. And I guess it would kind of be a different topic on like why I do that, but I think that being mindful and eating is just like a nice little break in your day to be fully present. And something I've noticed is when you integrate those little things in your life, your mindfulness muscle gets stronger over time. So it becomes easier, which is ultimately something like that you want to carry out not only during moments of eating, but throughout other areas of your day. So thank you for sharing that. I will, I want to try that now. I'm going to do that next time I eat. I think it is actually really nice. And obviously, like, even as I'm saying this, like this hasn't been something I've been doing super recently, but I should definitely like get back into. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. It's really interesting because in one of my classes, we had to do an assignment called like the eavesdropping. It's, it was called eavesdropping. It's basically where we had to eavesdrop, write down a few uh, like lines. I love that. Page. That is so fun. <laughs> it was, but here's the thing though. Like I would go out walking around and it was so second nature for me to just pop in my, <laughs> my earbuds and listen to music. So by right. the time the assignment was nearing due, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I need to find someone's conversation yeah. to eavesdrop in on. And I think it would be really great if I could just walk around completely with no earbuds in and being present in that moment. Yeah. Well, I even had a moment like that today where I was walking from my car to my class which is like a maybe one minute walk (laughs) um and my airpod had died on my way on my drive to class and I was like oh I have to walk all the way to class (laughs) and also another thing is I live in northern Minnesota as I've said and it has been brutally cold recently um, but luckily today it was like 20 degrees, which is like a miracle. Oh, and I realized that when it's super cold outside, I kind of just walk with, you know, my shoulders scrunched up, my head to the ground, like trying to shield, like just out of a bare necessity. Like you kind of have to do that. But today I got to walk and it was like lightly flurrying outside. And I was He's acting as if it's like the beginning of spring, but it was like 20 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing like my light jacket so I'm like, oh my like God. heavy duty one and I was like walking to class with no earbuds in and I was like finally able to look up and not have to like stare at my feet because I started staring at my feet and then I was like wait I should like look up because it's so beautiful outside right now and I was hearing like the birds in the trees and I was just like looking at the people and I literally had this thought this morning where um, I was just staring at the buildings and how my campus is like actually really pretty. And I was kind of just thinking like, this time next year, I will be like enjoying this view for one of like the last times kind of thing. 
and how I really don't want to take my time here for granted. And I had the thought that, um, well, that is scary. I am also still looking forward to like the different views I'm going to be experiencing my life. And, you know, maybe someday I'll be like a professor at a college. I had this exact, this is so funny. I had this exact thought. I hadn't even thought about this. I was like, maybe I'll be a professor at like a different college someday. And I was like, maybe I'll even teach at Concordia someday. Like who literally, like, not that that's like on my radar in life, but maybe that will happen. And maybe I will have this view again, but like for now I'll just enjoy what I have. And I'll enjoy like looking at this one tree that is super pretty or at the pond that is like by the building I was going to. And yeah, it was just so, it was just a one minute walk where I was like, wow, I'm actually like looking at this and enjoying it for the moment I'm in, which, yeah, I think that is actually a very recent experience of this. And I wasn't even thinking about the podcast. I hadn't even decided on the song yet. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. Wait, I love that story. It's so wholesome and inspiring. Because what's funny is when you were telling the story at the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, I completely relate. I was literally hanging out with a friend one day and I was walking out the door. And I had the choice to either bring my earbuds or not. And I was like, no, I'm with my friend. I don't need my earbuds. And so while we were heading home, she was like, oh, wait, I need to stop by this other person's apartment. So like, I'm not able to like go fully home with you. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I should have brought my earbuds because now I have like, what? Like a 10 minute commute from where she's leaving me to where I get home. And Unfortunately, I did not take that moment to be appreciative of my surroundings. And I was on my way home. I was like, under my breath, like I should, I could be listening to music right now. Okay, like yeah. what song would I be listening to? And yeah. I'm really glad that you turned that lemon into lemonade because I did not. And I clearly still remember that, so. Yeah. No, even just, I have, I'm the kind of person that I'll walk around staring at my feet for some reason. I'm not sure why that is. It was like, not until rather recently that I came to the um, understanding that people didn't walk around like that. And well, I that, think so. Yeah, but there are people out there that don't, and it is possible. And I always was like, well, how are you going to know if you're going to like fall over something? If I'm like looking up at the sky, I'm not going to see a little rock. But you can just like look far in the distance and see that. Yeah, and like kind of tell that nothing is there. And for some reason, that was just a real eye opener for me. <laughs> so if you needed to hear that today, there you go. Okay, <laughs> you well, can't here's... walk without looking at your feet or listening to music. Here is my argument as to why you should definitely look where you step. Where I live, the streets are disgusting. There are yeah. mirrors. I'm not saying don't look where you walk. Steps. But you don't have to be looking directly at your shoelaces. In fact, oh. if you look like, if you look a little up, you can kind of see like a long distance of the path you're going to be taking. And you can see that there's no like hazards in the way. And then you can kind of look around and you can look back at the ground for a second and look around, look back at the ground. Like, 
because before I was just looking at like literally my shoelaces you know oh. you can't really see anything he's different folks <laughs> yeah so exactly that's just the <laughs> point just take time to look around and to take in your surroundings because someday they're not going to be your surroundings anymore yeah and you're going to miss you know living like I know some right now I kind of hate living in northern Minnesota small town but I know someday I'm going to miss it and I'm going to come back here and be like all nostalgic looking at this apartment building thinking oh think about all those memories I made in there you know and going back to campus and thinking oh all those times I walked past this the bell tower or whatever um so yeah just taking those moments amazing I think I'm gonna definitely keep that in mind for the future but also I do have to say and I am being a little bit defensive on this is that sometimes it's scary to look up because you might make eye contact with someone and that could be like not in your best interest in my I I like I this is I don't know if this is crazy but I think it kind of adds I like making eye contact with strangers because I think it adds like human connection to your life because otherwise like you're not really connecting with anyone and maybe where you live that's okay you feel safe doing Uh that (laughs) but where I live I'm you don't want to be making eye contact with everyone you come near that's for sure I think you could take the risk (laughs) or just don't look at people's faces you could still look around and not look at their faces oh no I definitely think you could look around but eye contact that's dangerous territory yeah I'm not forcing you to make eye contact with anyone don't worry about it um okay um I'll get into this last line that I pulled out Ooh, this is the last one yeah it's kind of left on a disappointment I kind of wish I started with this line because it's it's I think it's has a lot of meaning to this line but I just don't exactly know what it means to me but I do think it's a very beautiful line so I thought I would still point it out here um she says I'll take what I can get because I'm too damp for a spark and I think this line has a lot of different meanings one can grab from it but for me I think what she's saying when she says I'll take what I can get is kind of just I'll take the reality that I'm in or even if I can't accept that I'll accept my past and I'll accept me believing that the past is the best because I'm too damp for a spark and I kind of thought of like when like a spark in the terms of like a spark of life or like a spark of enjoyment or satisfaction with life and if you're too damp for a spark that means that it's not going to spark obviously 
it's just gonna be like a dry piece or a wet piece of wood <laughs> I guess I don't like that analogy but you know what I'm saying a wet match maybe um too damp for a spark that isn't going to get like that spark of life in it right now and I feel like it's kind of saying even though looking back at, in the past as a positive moment or as the best time in your life or that life will never get better than how it was in the past um even if that's not the reality um people are including myself are willing to accept that it was the best time in your life because right now you're feeling as if you can't measure up to the past does that make sense? Are you following? Yeah, I <laughs> think what I'm point? Oh, say again. Um, yeah, are you thinking about, yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, I think what I've gathered is like, when you have that nostalgia and you're painting your memories with a more vibrant color and you're forgetting about the negatives, it can almost feel like, you've already peaked and that right. you're not going to be able to relive those nostalgic memories that you've created which kind of goes back to like how what you're thinking about is like a fantasy almost because you're mm -hmm. not remembering it for what it actually was you're remembering it for what you think it is Mm -hmm. and it's meta like that because there's this quote I saw and it was like your memories are actually just you remembering the last time you thought of that memory yeah <laughs> so every time you think back to something it's getting cloudier and cloudier and it's not as realistic as what it actually was yeah I think that is that does make a lot of sense yeah and I think it is also kind of saying that um, because you're painting those like brighter pictures of the past even if the present is like worthy of causing a spark um, it will never match up to how you are romanticizing your past if you're not doing the same to your present um, she then goes on in this line to say um, because I'm too damn for a spark, kissing sickly sweet guys because they say that they like my eyes. Um, and I think that's just kind of painting the picture of settling for something that isn't exactly what's going to make you happy in the moment, but it's because you are thinking that either you're trying to mimic the past or you're trying to ignore your feelings about the present not matching up to the past um but yeah I just think that these lines have so much meanings to them that can be derived in like so many different ways and I just think that is a very perplexing line to kind of draw from. And I'm not even really sure what it means to me, 
but I do think that it is kind of touching on that idea of not really being satisfied with the present, but comparing it, to, because you're comparing it to the past and because you can't really match up to, like you'll just kind of take whatever you can get at that, at the time, you know? <laughs> like yeah. you're just grasping for straws in a way. Yeah. And what's interesting is because you were saying how these lines, they mean so much, but they could also be interpreted so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And while I was listening to the song the first time, I highlighted a few lines that stood out to me. And I highlighted the kissing sickly sweet guys because they say they like my eyes. And <laughs> my, my analysis was so drastically different from yours and I think that's what's so great about Dodie is that she has these really intimate and meaningful songs that resonate differently with each listener right yeah and I don't know what her she doesn't really talk about her like meanings behind her songs and I think that is kind of, at least publicly on her platforms. And I think that is because she wants people to be able to pick out their own meanings and kind of not really have, um, this is what the song is about, you know? And I just think that is really powerful. And, um, you know, millions of people can listen to the song and each one can relate, even though everyone has a different story. Yeah. Um, which is like that with most songs, but <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think her lyrics are just so, you can attach it to love, you can attach it to work, to school, to aging, to friendships. Um, and yeah, that's just what I love about Dodie. <laughs> yeah, and the list goes on too. I think yeah. I was actually talking to a friend about this last weekend where we were at a museum and some of the art there was very, it wasn't abstract, whatever the opposite of abstract is. And it was very like, this is a horse. This is yeah. a flower. And we were talking about how we really like impressionism and modern art and things that aren't exactly obvious because there's a power to creating meaning of art all on your own. And mm -hmm. I think this is a larger conversation of like art in general, of like after it's been created and it's been distributed into public, like how it's essentially everyone's art at that point. Everyone is able to make it their own in some way. Right. Great. <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought of like, I guess I've never thought of like songs in that way, but that is so true. Like there are artists that are more abstract musically. And I think that is a really good way to explain it. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, Maybe that yeah. I'm your bestest friend ever and that <laughs> this experience <laughs> has been 10 out of 10. Yeah, I would highly recommend. Um, 
getting interviewed by the Julia and me. No, but for real, thank you for having me on the podcast. This was fun. Um, it is so nice to be able to highlight my favorite artists. <laughs> um, and I hope to be on again to share some more thoughts someday. I'll have to sift through the thousands of applications I have for podcast guests, but <laughs> I'll talk to my secretary to see if I can somehow. Like <laughs> no, but I, again, really want to thank you for being here on the pod. I am so astonished with how vulnerable you are like I truly was not expecting that I didn't know what song exactly you were going to choose for this episode and you chose such a lovely song with such amazing lyrics that we were able to analyze and I really am so inspired not only by your vulnerability but also your advice on being mindful and that's one of the things I am so grateful for about our friendship is I really do feel like I've learned and I'm learning so much from you. And I'm, I feel like I'm constantly being pushed to be a better version of myself because of our friendship. And I think just talking outside of the podcast, like, thank you for being such an amazing friend and you mean so much to me and I am so grateful and I hope that you enjoyed your experience on the playground. I hope it was <laughs> something memorable that you will look back on and be like, oh my gosh, that was the peak of my life and <laughs> um but yes thank you again I hope to see you back on the pod very soon and I hope every listener enjoyed listening to this episode thank you so much for listening bye see you next episode <laughs>